0: Just hang right there. Oh, I'm Anybody here complete in him? Oh, oh, oh. I'm complete in him. The old saint said, I looked at my hands, and my hands look new my feet and they did too. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't walk the way, walk the way, walk the way that I used to walk. I'm completely <laughs> here. Hallelujah. Some friends go. <laughs> Anybody been there? You gotta you gotta let those friends go. I got some new friends. But the main friend that I picked up when I became complete. His name is Jesus. It's good for us to be here. It's good for us to be here. Oh man, new mission, new mission, new mission. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> you snuck it on me. All right, Minister Lee. <laughs> Terry, Lynetta, God bless you guys. I am excited here. I got to, I (laughs) got to. Amen. I'm not sure how much sleep I got last night. Just excited to know that we were going to be together today. On a day like today, thank you, men, for inviting me to come and share this day with you. Men's Day. Father's Day, excuse me, Father's Day, to share this day with you. It's a special day. It's an important day. And let's get right into the word. Amen? Amen. 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 Since the last time we've been together as far as the preaching is concerned, years ago, I see my cousin who came down from Columbus is back. Amen. Hey, Kenny, man. bless you, man. Um, amen. Uh, since the, since the last time you've heard me, God has taken me through 38 years through some, yeah. some changes and, and they've all been for the good and for his glory, amen. Yeah. I didn't like a lot of them, yeah. amen. I, and uh, some of them didn't feel too good while, while I was going through the change, but when I look at it, absolutely, when I look at it, uh, he was making me and molding me into the man that he wanted me to be. Amen. Made some mistakes. Uh, All of them were my fault. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. All of them were my fault but there is no failure in God. You might, you might make mistakes, but you have not failed. Right, on. Chew on that one for a second. You will make mistakes, but you have not failed. You cannot fail. Oh my God, I, I don't like that word fail because there is no failure in God and God does not make a mistake and you are here by the design of God therefore you and what you're going through is not a mistake it is designed to make and to mold you into the image of his son Jesus Christ so just give in somebody tell somebody give in Amen. turn your Bibles to Genesis Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. Amen, amen, would you stand? Genesis chapter 12. My wife is here with me, where is she? I like to get eye view of her, where you at? Okay. Amen, amen, that's my anointing right there, Hallelujah. (laughs) Laugh with me, husbands and wives, amen. (laughs) If you're not married, you don't understand, so. And that's okay. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Are you there? All right. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I want to focus our attention for the time that we have together today on the Abraham Mandate. You may be seated. The Abraham Mandate. Can you say that? The Abraham Mandate. A minister was addressing a group of men and he took a large piece of paper and he made a black dot in the center of the paper with a marking pen. Then he held the paper up and, uh, before the group and asked them what they saw. One person quickly repri- replied, I see a black mark. <laughs> right. The preacher replied, what else do you see? Complete silence prevailed in the room. The preacher said, don't you see anything other than the dot? And there was a chorus of no's that came from the audience. He said, I'm really surprised. You have completely overlooked the most important thing of all. And that's the sheet of paper. Then he made the application. He said that in life, we are often distracted by the small dot-like disappointments or painful experiences. And we're prone to forget the innumerable blessings that we receive. From the hand of the Lord yeah. but like the sheet of paper the good things are far more important than the adversities that monopolize our attention yeah. you can always tell a man of God because a man of God speaks faithfully and lives faithfully the truth of God that's what sets us apart Amen. Amen. The struggle of the black man is a unique struggle. Yes, Amen. Yes. It's unique in comparison to other ethnic groups of men on the planet. Yes, sir. The male gender, everybody say male gender. male gender. The male gender, particularly in America, is trained, listen to me closely. Is trained to play the role of a man. I said the male gender in America particularly is trained to play the role of a man, more so than achieving manhood through personal growth and community responsibility. You're gonna pray with me, aren't you? Understanding manhood as a role and not as a grace upon the male gender's life. Did you hear what I said? Only understanding being a man as a role Mm -hmm. that you play Mm -hmm. and not as a grace upon your life only produces and makes you prone to take false images of manhood as your role. We got a lot of men role playing. Do I have a witness? True manhood, write this down if you're taking notes. True manhood is a divine possession. Black men have been in what seems to be uh, an endless pursuit of possession of his manhood. Yes. I said the black man has been in what seems to be an endless pursuit of possessing his manhood. In many areas, society has changed. The systems in Some respect have evolved. But the psychology of our society, I said the psychology of our society has not advanced much from the negative mindset of the identity of the black man. Because I now have to teach my grandson You didn't hear what I said. Yes, yes, I have grandchildren. That seems funny still, doesn't it? I have to teach my grandson the same things that my grandfather taught my father as it relates to keeping ourselves straight in this society. You're not hearing me. So the psychology in our society hasn't changed much as it relates to how they see the man of color. God desires though, I believe, to raise up the men, particularly since we're here today, I can only talk to you in here. God desires to raise up the men that are here today. You are here by design. This is no accident on this day that you're here. You're here. There's a purpose for you being here today. And when we get finished, you'll know that purpose. Amen. Amen. He desires to raise up the men here who who by general and accepted standards are not expected to excel beyond your father's accomplishments. Did y'all get that? The powers that be right now do not expect the black men that are presently in this room to excel any further than what maybe your father excelled. I don't care how old you are. And we face that every day. Are y'all going to pray with me here? See, I got to call it out before I can take authority over it. Are you with me? You got got to name that thing. You got to identify that thing in order for you to know uh, the strategy in which to deal with the thing. We can't stand around here and be silent and not speak this thing in the house of God because that's the only power that we have to pull down strongholds and every mindset that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We come here and we can shout and we can, we can dance and we can feel a reprieve for about two, three hours, but we got to go back out there. So it is to you today that I offer the Abraham Mandate. Can you say that again, the Abraham Mandate? God is summoning us to repentance. God is summoning us to repentance, restitution, and restoration. God is summoning us to repentance, restitution, and restoration. Oh my God. Can you say that with me? Repentance, restitution, and restoration. A radical change that will come neither by planning, debating, or diplomacy. Oh, you ain't hearing me. He's summoning us to repentance, restitution, and restoration, but it will not come by planning, debating, or diplomacy. The only way that those are going to come is by the power of God. Not by power, but by might, says my spirit. And it's the might of God in our inner man. I'm an ardent advocate of ethnic empowerment and upli- uplift. I, I believe in uplifting my community. But the issues we need to address in our community, the miracles, somebody say miracles. Y'all still believe in miracles, right? Not just for you, but I'm talking about communicative. Oh my God. Not not just for you and your house and you and, and your foe and no more, but for our community. How many believe God wants to work a miracle in our community? The issues that we need to address in our community, the miracles that we need will not come about by, watch me, black power. but by the power of Christ. Clap your hands if you believe in the power of Christ. I ain't scared of no devil. Hello. Been doing this too long. Amen. He's already defeated. I get to drag him through the streets. I was like, y'all missed that. You understand? You understand that's what the word triumphed means? When the scripture says we triumphed, it means to drag the enemy, parade him through the streets, and show him openly that he is defeated. How many triumphant people in the house? In the scripture, the... And historically, throughout history, when God began, this is important, so write this down. In scripture and historically, throughout history, when God begins a redemptive or restorative work, he always begins with men. Biblically and historically, whenever God wanted to change a circumstance, change a situation, or introduce a new dispensation, he always starts with men. Read your Bible. One such man is in our text, Abram, or who later became Abraham. When God got ready to change the course of history, to advance it, somebody say advance it. Advancing beyond its stalemate, advancing beyond its uh, 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 marking time, he chose a man. Oh, my God. Look to somebody next to you and say, change your source. (laughs) God getting ready to change some things. Yes, we're gonna to have to go through a few more years of you know who uh-huh. shall remain nameless. We're gonna to have to go through a few more years of of, of economic hardship, but I'm setting you up new mission men, God is going to change this thing and the folk that he's going to use are not folk that are in the offices of our seats of government, they're in our church houses. That's why we can't, we don't have any time to be stuck in tradition, we don't have any time to be stuck on our own little way of doing things. We gotta open the doors of the house and let the men come in because God is gonna use those very men after we change them, after we equip them to bring in a harvest, the end time harvest that we had never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. God called Abram in the text, in the text, in the text. God called Abram to leave, watch this, his father's land, his father's house, leave his generational family dysfunction. You see, you see, Abram's father and therefore the family, had a history of idol worship. They were idol worshipers, and Abram's daddy was one of the head persons. Hey, hello. (laughs) And God needed to change the direction. Oh, my God. He needed to change the direction of their worship. They were worshiping at the wrong altars. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. <laughs> they, they had idols, and you know what I call idols? I-dolls. Our little playthings, our little dolls. We think children have dolls. No, us adults have more dolls than the children have dolls and they're called I-dolls. They're called idols and they were worshiping at the altar of these idols. And God needed them to change the avenue in the spirit that they were going to worship. They were on the wrong street in the spirit realm. I wish I had a witness here. They were on the wrong street in the spirit realm and he needed them in another neighborhood in the spirit. You're not hearing me. As people of color, we have no problem with the spirit realm. It's other ethnic groups that have problems with the spirit realm. We are prone to the spirit realm as people of color. Come on now. Come on. Come on. We, we, we are spiritual. But oftentimes, we in the wrong neighborhood in the spirit. I'm gonna say this. You go do the research. Mm-hmm. Japheth's son is more rational. Yes, sir. Seth's son. Oh my God. I mean, uh, 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 uh yes. Yeah. Seth's son is 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 more uh uh resolute, mm-hmm. but Ham's son is more spiritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all go do the research. Yeah. Go back to Ham, Shem, and Japheth. From these three, the whole earth was populated. So all the ethnic groups of the earth, we got myriad of ethnic groups, but they all go back to these three, three, either Ham, Sham, or Japheth. Uh Japheth is more resolute. Uh Shams is more, uh, 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 now Japheth is more rational, Shams is more resolute, and ours, Ham's, Hello, there's debate about that, but I'm not getting in your debate. Hello, is more spiritual. That's just a little tidbit. I won't charge you for that one. Back to the text. Abram must be willing to part, watch this, with the identity that was given to him. Hmm. If he, if he was willing Uh, To do so, God says that he would give him an identity and a purpose and a destiny that he had purposed for him. But he must first be willing to part with the identity that was given to him. Are you with me? A lot of what we want to keep as our identity, men, won't pass through the cross. Are you hearing me? And if it, doesn't, if it doesn't pass through the cross, then you're, no real change really happens. The man that God can use must be willing to part with those familiar influences. Familiar spirits, somebody say familiar spirits. Those, and familiar spirits are family spirits. You know, I was doing some things early in my life that was battling against my desire to, to obey God and I had no idea where they were coming from until I talked to my family and they gave me some history on some of the people in my line that I did not know. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And I discovered that I was walking in their footsteps. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Familiar spirits are family spirits and some of us are bound right now struggling in our life with God Because of what our foreparents And you're gonna have to have that tie cut You're gonna have that generational tie broken If you struggle with that thing and struggle with that thing, do all right for a few months, do all right for a couple of years, and then hear that thing come back again. Yes, sir, sir. That is a familiar spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you need to have that thing broken. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Everybody say ancestral stronghold. Yes, sir. This country right now is going through in 2018. Because of the power of unbroken ancestral strongholds. How could my grandfather go through the kind of racism? You ain't hearing me. And we have all this success down through the years civil rights movement and all of those that are tried to address it in a political way are you hearing what i'm saying and then here in 2018 we look just like they look back in the 30s and the 40s that's ancestral strongholds that have never been assaulted or broken You can say, I said that the ghost of the Confederacy has risen again. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> verse 1, verse 1, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, ooh, this is a good place to preach. <laughs> I got, I'm going to have to watch my time here. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. God is clear here, if you're writing notes. He said a moment ago that he's saying to Abram, change your source. Can you say change your, change your source? To be a man, a real man, is a call to be a source. It's a call to be a source. Sometimes we have to change. <laughs> oh God, thank you Lord. Sometimes we have to change one point of origin to begin again. Yes, sir. Think about that. Sometimes we have to change a point of origin. See, I could be living my life from and out of one point of origin that actually brings me to a place that I find that I cannot advance any further. And in order, if Amen. I find that, and you ought to be examining your life, men, Amen. to see if you've gotten to a place where what you received is no longer supplying you with what you need. If what you received is no longer supplying you with what you need, mm-hmm. then you need to change your point of origin and begin again. Mm-hmm. You're not here. You don't need to go back, mm-hmm. no, you just need to call this a new place. Somebody say, this is a new place today. Let me tell you you how immediate that can work for both men and women. Last week was hell for some of you. No, you ain't hearing me. Last week was hell for some of you. Last week had its problems. Last week had its issues. You can say today that this is a new place and start from right. Bless the name of the Lord. You can call this new place and start again. He said, leave your father's country. This is God's call, brother Lee, to leave the way that is common to you. The ingrained habits that you were nurtured under. Leave your father's country. Secondly, he says, leave your kindred or your family. This is God's call, pastor, uh, uh, for Abram to leave his father's sins. Generativity. Generativity simply means the effects of generational sin. The sins of the father and the family. And then thirdly, he says, leave your father's house. God's purpose for Abram was to make him a source. God wanted to make him a source. Every man in this house, God wants to make you a source. He can't do that if you're still drawing from other sources. If you're still depending on other sources, then they have the right to discipline you. Can I say to our community, as long as we depend on other sources, they will seize the opportunity every chance they get to discipline us. And right now, they're disciplining us because we are drawing too much from them. Solomon told us, envy not the oppressor and take none of his ways. God, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. I know it. I see. God wants to make you a source. He couldn't make Abram a source as long as Abram was still under and tied to his father as a source. Are you hearing me? Who are you drawing your substance from? Who's taking care of you? Are you hearing me? Are you taking care of you? Oh, my <laughs> That's the last person you want taking care of you. If I say "father, father means source." That's what the word means. It means source. We need fathers. Hello. You have fathers here? At, at New Mission, we have fathers in our community, but beloved, we need fathers. I'm not talking about just fathers to father their own homes. We definitely need to start right there, but we need fathers in our community. Amen. Because we have a generation, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I better not say that here, but. We have a generation that they think they don't need, oh my God, yes. guidance or fathering. Yes, yes we do. Yes. They are very talented. They are very keen to what uh, needs to happen in community. But none of that gets released until the father lays hands on you and sends you. Oh, we don't believe the word then. The Bible says we are under tutors and guardians until the time that the Father determines. Galatians. We're under tutors and guardians. Uh, A lot of us are old enough in here to remember growing up in the neighborhood. My mother and father weren't the only guardians in my life. Everywhere I went, (laughs) or at least it seemed like it, there was somebody who had authority, hello, to guide me or to keep me grounded wherever I was. And even when I went outside of the home, grew up, uh, uh, in my go, went off to junior high cross town little did I know that my that my mama had already talked to somebody watch it and deputized them oh y'all ain't hear me I thought for sure, I'm free, I'm I'm, I'm riding the bus myself, cross town to school, I'm free, get over there and mama has already given a badge and a gun. Some of y'all might think this is harsh, but even my senior year in high school, My folks told me what time I needed to be in the house. Because I was still under their roof. I was, my daddy was still my source. And as a senior, 17 years old, I graduated when I was 17. As a senior, I did not obey him. I said, this this is the end of school. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I came in the house past the time that I was supposed to, lights out, I said, oh good, there's sleep. <laughs> and in my house, you got steps, Kenny. You, in my house, you got steps. And you get good at knowing which ones creak. <laughs> so here I am. Thought I was good to go. Got to the top of the steps. No, no, he didn't say nothing. I felt something. Bam! Yeah, some of y'all know my father, Meek and Mild, Pastor John McMullen. He wasn't Meek and Mild in his disciplining if you did not obey his rules, if you were in his house. Are you hearing me? Whoever is your source has the right to discipline you. But God is looking for us as men to become sources of wisdom, direction, and encouragement for this generation. Amen? Let's give God some praise. gonna give you two quick things here and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call we're gonna make a call to you the battle for our dignity and self-worth as individuals and as a community our future I believe is on two fronts personal accountability and generational responsibility personal accountability and generational responsibility personal accountability when you're personally accountable, and that's, what, that's the problem, one of the problems I'm having with, with our present generation, nobody wants to be accountable. When you're personally accountable, you take ownership of situations that you are involved in. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, you, I'm not telling you to, to, to take responsibility for something across town that you're not involved in. But if you're involved in something, hello, and if you're expecting to, to receive from that thing, then you need to take personal accountable uh, accountability uh, and take ownership of the situation that you find you yourself involved in. Romans 14, verse 11 and 12 says this. For it is written... As I live, saith the Lord, every knee (laughs) shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account, everybody say give an account, (laughs) of himself to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Personal accountability you're going to have to give account to God. So why not take personal accountability now to make sure that you're lining your life up so that when God opens the book, when God starts looking at the ledger, you can stand before him, oh my God, and hear him say, well done. Everybody say personal accountability. accountability. Now, let me let me let me give you this, and I'm gonna let you do the homework. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the outline, and you go do the homework, okay? Defining accountability very quickly here. Accountability involves key ideas, five key ideas. I'm not gonna go into depth with them. This is another teaching, but I'm gonna give them to you, please. I want you to have the the these in your hand. Defining accountability. Uh, or accountability involves five key ideas. Obligation, that's the responsibility to accomplish something. When you, when you recognize that you are accountable, then, then you, you take the responsibility to accomplish something. Number two, willingness. Can't get nothing done if there's no willingness. That willingness is taking action because you want to, rather than because you have to. Are you hearing me? I'm talking, about, I'm talking to mature people, aren't I? Ain't nobody here take, have no temper tantrums in life. That's what we do. We have temper tantrums in life because we don't want to. But, but, but people who take personal accountability, my God, personal accountability are people who have a willingness. Those are the kind of people that you can get something done at church with. People who have a willing heart and a willing mind. Those are people that take action because they want to rather than because they have to. Third thing that is involved in accountability is intent. Yes, sir. Intentional, you've got to be intentional. Nothing happens by accident. Can I get a witness? You've got to be intentional. Some of us sit around and wait on life to happen to us instead of going after life and making life, oh, you ain't hearing me. Are you. Are he- it got to be intentional, the reason behind your actions. You got to have intention. And then fourth, ownership. Taking responsibility for our behavior and the outcomes. I told you every mistake that I've ever made in my life was my fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ain't no need to be blaming uh, another race of people. Ain't no need to be, oh shoot, y'all ain't hearing me. Ain't no need to me blaming, I, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. I had what I needed. And I had God. And as long as you have what you needed and you have God, you have more than enough to get accomplished something successful in your life. I wish somebody would clap their hands and give God some praise. Then the fifth thing that you need is commitment. Somebody say commitment. Commitment. Commitment is the act of dedicating yourself. See, some of us show up, but we are not dedicated. We keep back a portion. Oh my God. We keep, I'm only going to give him my foot. Because my hand might not like what he's doing. You ain't hearing me. But people who are committed are all in. Look at somebody and ask them, are you all in? That's why a lot of people don't, 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 don't like to release vision. Come on pastors because we say everybody in people say I'm in and you start out you start out and then after a while you look back where they go (laughs) no commitment One of the things that we have to do is we have to be able to identify the men who, like Abram, refused to live in the bondage (laughs) of their past. We have to identify those men who refused to live in the bondages of their past. Throughout the word of God, the righteous men who embrace general, uh, generational responsibility, that's the second plan. I'm on generational responsibility now, just moved. So it was personal accountability, now generational responsibility. The, the righteous men in the word of God who embrace generational responsibility declare that their purpose is to declare the glory of God, watch this, to the next generation. Amen. After you take personal accountability, then you must take generational responsibility. If the generation that's coming does not walk in the things of God, it's our fault. See, some of us just will not grab that. Just will not grab that. Grab that, please. If the generation generation behind us does not walk in the things of God, it is our fault. Let me tell you what happens when we take responsibility to make sure, watch this, write this down, there is a sustained generational move of God. When we take responsibility that there is a sustained generational move of God. Terry, you know what I'm talking about musically. A sustained generational move of God. That it doesn't hit and then skip and then pick up again in another generation. We need a sustained move where the generation behind us then steps into the leadership position. And then they train the generation behind them. And they come right we need a sustained move. When things go out of business, it means that there was absent a sustained move. For whatever reason, they could not sustain the original impetus, the original. Fervor, the original power that started the thing dissipated at some point along the line, and it died. I don't know about you, but I don't like dead stuff. Uh, Psalm 71, 18. Psalm 71, 18. Psalm 71, 18. Everybody say generational responsibility. Psalm 71, 18 says, even when I am old and gray, (laughs) do not forsake me, O God, till, watch this, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Don't let me die yet. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I ain't dying yet. I ain't going nowhere yet. You're not hearing me. The devil don't like what I'm saying to you right now. Because some of you, he wants to kill. Especially our men. He wants to kill us. Oh my God, health wise, wealth wise, stress wise, he wants to bring stroke, heart attack, but you need to stand up today and tell the devil, I'm not dying until I declare the power of God to the next generation. You want to put years on your life? Get this principle right here. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I ain't dying. I ain't going nowhere. Somebody say, I got more work to do. (laughs) I got more seeds in me that need to be planted in the generation to come. I need to water them. I need to dig around them. I need to pray that the sun, the SOM, the SOM, will shine upon those seeds. I wish I had a witness here. I wish I had a witness. Look at Psalm 145 verse 4. Psalm 145, verse 4. I want to get these things in your hand. Uh, Somebody else can take them and carry them where they need to go. I just want to get these seeds in your hand, all right? Amen. Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, it declares, one generation. Look at that, look at that. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. See, this is a generational thing, y'all, that we got. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? One generation (laughs) shall praise thy work. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did. You ain't hear me. Let me tell you what God did. I was here not knowing how I was going to get there. But I called on the Lord. I stayed faithful to the Lord. And God made up the difference. Declare or praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. Let me tell you what God is doing. Somebody say, let me tell you what God is doing. Now tell somebody what God is doing. Go ahead, tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him, tell him what he's doing. Tell him. Tell him what he's doing. I dare you to tell him what he's doing. What he's doing. I dare you to tell him what he's doing. Hallelujah Watch this, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished, I'm finished. I'm finished but look at this look at this she said from, from these mandates, from these mandates we just saw in verse one, there are some promises in verse two. <laughs> he says, I will make thee a great nation." I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God says three things here. He says, I promise I will make you great. You've been trying to get great on your own, Mary. I dare you to take personal accountability and generational responsibility. And God says, I'm going to make you great. And he says, I will bless you. Now, I got, I got to tell you this. I got, Pastor, I got to tell you this. As I was as I was as I was exegeting the passage and looking up up the definitions here. And, and, and when he says, I will bless you, look, it's the promise of God that God will provide Abram with power for success and prosperity. He said, I will bless you. He promises that he, watch this, he will bless him with power for success and prosperity. This word bless, God promises that he will give him the ability to produce. Mm. And he will give him longevity. Darnell, that ain't it though. You ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Give me, give me a few more minutes. You ready for this? The root word here for bless means to take a knee. Now see y'all still ain't got it. I'm done, I'm done. Uh, If if you give God your life, oh oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, my God. Then God says, it's okay, take a knee. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. (laughs) Is there anybody here willing to take a knee? (laughs) Is there anybody here willing to take a knee? (laughs) Is knee? (laughs) Is there anybody here willing to take a knee? If you're willing to take a knee for the lifestyle of God, then God will cause you to be a winner in life. And no white house, oh y'all ain't hearing me, no jail house, no house in America can stop you from taking a knee because that's how you're going to get the transfer of the power of God to your life. Yeah, 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 there's sometimes when you need to stand. But the problems before us, every time we stand, their power knocks us back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't hearing me. Yeah. So God's looking for another response. He's looking for some people to take a knee. The old, old saint said it like this, Father I stretch. My hand to thee, no other help I know. Is thou withdraw thyself from me? Wherever shall I go? Anybody here willing to get on their knees? And then God said that he would make his name great. In other words, he would mark him with honor and authority. I got to sit down now. Got to sit down now. But every man in this room, every man in this room, I'm going to ask you to come down. Because I prayed for this, and I believe that God's going to do something right here in this aisle. Every man in this house, would you come come down to the front and lock arms with each other. I'm talking about in a huddle. Come on and huddle up. Huddle up. Huddle up. Come on, come on. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. Don't be afraid to touch another man. That's part of our problem, too. Come on, men. Huddle up. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 I need to say this. I need to say this right here. I need to say this. Ah. Thank you Lord before we pray. Thank you Lord.